Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, 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 it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. That might be the mission of the nonprofit you're working at, or the mission of your freelance grant writing business. And we do help business owners here grow their businesses to five to six figure contracts while working part time. We definitely have a lot of things coming up, including the Nonprofit Consulting Conference, which is a two day virtual conference geared at those who are thinking about starting a freelance grant writing business or growing one. So definitely check it out, join. I'll have all of the links in today's show notes. And I have a special for you today. We have one of the speakers that will be at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference on the podcast today. And that is Christina Edwards. And we're really excited to have her back on the podcast. So definitely you guys are going to want to check out when she's come on before. She is amazing. And what she's going to be talking about today, which is fantastic, is we're going to be talking about passive income. And we're also going to be talking about developing courses for your business, online courses, that sort of thing, doing sending out emails, doing launch funnels, all of the things. So even if you are inside a nonprofit, This is a lot of great information for you because you will be doing launches and campaigns as well. So whether this is for your business or for your nonprofit, you can apply what we're gonna talk about today to both. Because for nonprofits, I say passive income is really something you should do. So what do I mean by that passive income for nonprofits? What I mean by that is to create, you know, t-shirts that you sell online while you're sleeping, that sort of thing. So yeah, you might have to package them out, but what if you have drop shipping? Or if you have things that you've already produced that can kind of sell on their own, Maybe you've developed curriculum already and then you can sell that online on your website and that can kind of be selling while you're sleeping, right? That sort of a thing. And for you freelance grant writers, i.e. nonprofit consultants out there, you can definitely create online courses to teach people how to write grants or how to do certain things. Maybe you love writing advanced federal grants. You could teach on that. You could create a workbook. You could sell that and then that's selling while you're writing grants, right? You know what I mean? So it's an additional income. So we're definitely definitely going to get into it today with Christina. So who is Christina Edwards? She's the founder of Splendid Consulting, a marketing expert and coach who helps ambitious nonprofits and social entrepreneurs increase their revenue, supporters, and engagement. So she is definitely going to be dropping all of the goods today on passive income, online course creation, all of the things. So do stay tuned. And if you love what she's talking about, you're definitely going to love her sessions at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. And we'll talk about that in a little more detail on the podcast. And before we get started, a big shout out to our podcast episode sponsor, and that is GEMS, Grant Easy Management Software. Thank you so much for being a podcast sponsor and all of the cool things that you guys provide for grant writers. What I mean by this is your online software where you can dump all of the grant stuff. So if you're working on a grant, you want to upload budgets, you want to upload previous applications, all of the things into one place so you don't lose it, right? And then you can even put what the date you submitted it, who you submitted it to, if you got it approved or not. And it's going to keep all of that in a very lovely dashboard where you can create reports even when you get the grants awarded. It does this and so much more. Find out more by booking a free 
demo with Rachel Waterman and her team at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash gems, G-E-M-S. And for all of today's show notes, definitely go over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 282. We'll also have a link there for the nonprofit consulting conference and how to actually reach out to Christina. I hope you love this episode today on how to love marketing. Here's Christina. Welcome to the show, Christina. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so you come from Spunded Consulting. You really have like a big marketing background and, you know, really looking at, I love what you're working with street teams and influencers on social media and really helping uh, nonprofits and, and causes get the get the word out on what they're doing. But we're kind of delving in because you're also uh, one of the speakers at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference in August 23rd and 24th, which is uh, presented by Founded Technologies. And we're really excited about that because you're going to be specifically talking about how to create those lead magnets. So how to get people yeah. into your funnel, right? Create passive income with evergreen courses. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be back to specifically that conference. It was my favorite conference in all of last year. I know I'm not supposed to pick favorites, but I am. I feel like (laughs) as an entrepreneur, I loved being among other entrepreneurs, giving people a glimpse behind what it's really like. I've been an entrepreneur for almost two decades, I think, something like that. And I've seen a lot of like, I've tried a lot. I've done a lot. I've made a lot of shifts. I had a marketing agency at one time. Then I had, then I launched my consultancy. And so it's really fun to say here, here's what I've done. Here's what's worked. Here's what I've learned. And also talk to other consultants who are thinking about doing it or other consultants who are doing it, but feel stuck Yeah. and saying, here's what, here's how we take it to the next level. Right. I, I love that so much because you bring in so much experience and part of the, just like the scrappiness, right. Of being an entrepreneur. Yep. And that's like a big part of it. But what I see a lot of people, especially like freelance grant writers and nonprofit consultants out there that they're like, okay, I understand like maybe I have an agency and I do services. Like I write grants or I create fundraising appeals or whatnot, but I also want to get more people from online. I don't want to just mm-hmm. serve my immediate community. I want to be out there because there's such a huge right? There's, there's millions of people out there that I can tap into. And I could create like some kind of course where like where I'm sleeping, I make money. <laughs> and I was like, right, you right. Like shift or that. So, yes. um, you know, diversifying their income, having another, another, you know, not just their services, but they have products now that create money coming in. So a lot of people are toying with that idea. It's attractive. It's shiny. Um, mm-hmm. But what I know you talked about, like one of your main kind of tips on that is is about learning to love it, learning to love marketing. So can you kind of talk that's about right. that for those people who are like, oh, that's shiny and cool. <laughs> yes. And yeah, we'll talk all about evergreen green courses for sure. And one of the things that you have to understand in the, with building, especially an online business, maybe you can get away with it if you have a very local community-driven consultancy. Maybe you can get away with not loving selling. But if you're going to have an online business, you need to figure out how to love selling or at least not fight against it. So what I mean is if you had a local consultancy, you might get away with just word of mouth and referrals for a while. Like if you're rocking and rolling, like, yes, that, that could be how you have acquired most of your customers. If you're building an online business and an evergreen course, right. That sells in your sleep, the thing we all want, right. You really have to learn to love selling. And I think one of the things for me, I was thinking about this a while back, which, which is 
I sort of wish that everybody had as one of their first jobs, like cold calling, just to rip the bandaid off of just Mm -hmm. rejection. Cold calling is just annoying somebody, making them an offer, hearing a no, hanging up the phone and then doing it again and doing it again until you get the yes, right? Or until you get the maybe. And, you know, I was a very, very strong salesperson back in college for my college job. I worked at a a boutique called Betsy Johnson and I loved the clothes so much that they were easy for me to sell. Right. Like she was this punk rock designer. She was her own person. I just, they were easy for me to sell. And then when I got into real estate, I actually had that cold calling job. Like I had to cold wow. call expired listings. And I'll never forget like that because you're like sweating. <laughs> I mean, every fundraiser is probably nodding along going, yes. You're like sweating and you don't like, you're just don't know who you're going to get at the end, other end of the phone. And like, one of my very first listings was through a cold call. Like we just hit it off. We were just two humans connecting. And like when you realize it's not that bad and what you're actually doing is offering them something of value and there's a connective element, just like the dresses, you sort of get over yourself. And also the other piece about it is, you know, you're inviting somebody in. It's just an offer, whether it's a course, whether it's consulting services, whether it's anything. And if they're a no, a lot of times they're a no because they might not have understood like mm-hmm. the the value of your offer. They might not have understood what it was. They might be confused on timing. They might, there's a lot of a data in the no's I like yeah. to say. So when you treat the no's as like a no, not right now, or a no, tell me more, you just, it's, it's, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. And I, the more, like I, the more I've gotten to the space of being able to sell what it is I have created and built for people that is literally making them money is offering value is helping them get their time back. The more I can stay in that space, the easier it is to sell. And then it, like, that. I'm somebody who, who, who does, who for the most part loves selling. So, but it, it's been like a stair step to get there. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I, and I love that, you know, cause in a lot of people, First off, I just want to kind of rewind it because I want to really uh, emphasize what you talked about because it's so important was you have your agency word of mouth, it's going mm-hmm. around, you're getting jobs, you're in your community, that sort of thing. And then you say, I'm also going to sell things online. It's almost like another business. It's another part of your business that needs to be developed at the very least, right? When you're thinking of it. Yep. So it really is like an online business is a very different structure than an in-person agency. And yes, you can kind of grow it organically together, but at the same time, there's very different elements that go into it, right? That is such a great point. And I mean, I'm a case study in that. So my business pre-2020 was Atlanta-based, where I am. And I mean, when I had a meeting with a client, I was getting in the car and driving to that client meeting and Mm -hmm. putting on meeting clothes and all of the things (laughs) we do, right? Mm -hmm. And like... Now, when I, when I started building out the online piece of my business, when I saw what was possible with the course business that shifted so much, but yes, it is two very different methodologies and strategies and yeah, it is very, very different. And, and, but it is something that allows you to scale and go one to many. It is something that allows you to have, you know, evergreen revenue coming in year round and those are beautiful things. So it's like a strategy worth doing for sure. Absolutely. And I, and I love that too. It's like, it's a strategy that it's different because when you're doing service work, you're doing sales or client acquisition, the sales Uh marketing, but then you're doing the work for a majority of it. Right. Right. And then you kind of rinse and repeat. 
Um, and you're kind of doing that throughout. But for online business, a lot of it is you create a product once. So that service mm -hmm. work that goes into it, that's the shortest amount of time, right? The, and the biggest amount of time that you have, the largest amount of time on your online business is the marketing piece, is the piece of just like promoting it, promoting it, selling it, talking about it, da, 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 right? It is turning it on its head a bit. Yeah. So one of my signature courses is called Amplify Social Impact. And it's kind of a hybrid between online marketing and fundraising. So it's, it's designed to make you money online. Mm -hmm. And I built that course a few years ago, and I was just in there this week and I've decided to finally add another module and it makes sense. And I'm like, Ooh, I see where it needs to be. But I was in that course going, it's like, you sort of like, wow, I built that. And there are these moments where I'm like, Ooh, that's good. But to Holly, it's your point. It's like, you sort of forget because yes, I built that. I remember like the summer I built it, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And then I put it on evergreen and there was a set it and forget it type yeah. piece to it where I didn't have to go in and keep tinkering with it. And I didn't have to go in and keep adding on to it. Now I'm choosing two years later and making some adjustments there and right. making some adjustments there. But for the most part, I talk about Amplify Social Impact all the time. However, it's because I'm selling it. Yeah. It's because I'm launching it. It's because I am making sure that the students go through it, have what they need. But the actual like delivery of the coursework has been done and yeah. is done. It's already yeah. done. So it is, yeah. it is kind of like the exact opposite yeah. of that service-based. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Business. And it, it, it's kind of fun. So, so talking about that, a lot of people don't you know, they drool over the anime eyes, the whole excitement of yes. this, uh, this online evergreen development. And then they realize, oh, it's actually a lot of selling and it's, mm -hmm. you know, that's the main part of it. And, and then they're like, I'm an introvert. I don't like selling. I don't like talking about my things. I don't that you know what I mean? I hate doing that. Da, da, da. And it's like, but you can learn to love it. You can really learn to love it. And I think there's a part of that, like, don't give up just because if you think I'm an introvert, there's ways that yep. you don't have to be at live webinars selling your That's stuff. Right. There are other ways to sell, right? So can you kind of That's talk about that for the people that might've been like drooling to get in and then they realized- And then they were marketing. like, oh no, Christina said we have to sell. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Yeah. I mean, the best thing about running an online business too is like you get to decide- your platforms, you get to decide the types of content you're going to create and put out there. So you get to decide all of that. So if you're somebody who doesn't want to be on YouTube live, you don't have to be on YouTube live. You could devote your lead gen in different ways. You could decide that it's going to be audio only. You could decide that I'm, you're just going to do Canva graphics on social media. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get in front of other people's audiences and build, build your practice that way. You, you get to just decide those pieces and what sounds good to you. However, the one thing you do have to do is consistently make offers. Yeah. So if you're not making offers consistently, people simply just will not know that your amazing course or program exists. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that it's like, I have to tell myself that all the time. Mm -hmm. Before I go into a launch, I decide how many emails am I going to send? Because somewhere in the middle of the launch, I'm like, that's too many emails. <laughs> I decide before I send, you know, the beginning, like before we press play, I've got my entire launch strategies figured out, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's that same reason. It's like, we want to just decide that ahead of time. And then we press go and people will unsubscribe and that's totally fine. And that's all part of the deal. Yeah. And it's just, I think this reframing it as, you know, you're inviting people in because you have proof that yeah. what you're doing works. 
And so in some way you're doing people a disservice by not telling them about it. Right. So if Mm -hmm. I only tell, like, I'm thinking about my street right now. So if I stand in front of my mailbox and I tell people about my course, like the two houses nearest to me will hear. Right. (laughs) But if I keep walking down the street, people are going to hear about it. And it's like, we stand in front of our mailbox, we say it once and then we're mad. It didn't work. Right. But like, you got to say it frequently. You got to say it loud. You got to say it often. And I think that, you know, our egos, we all have them, are worried that lots of people are going to have judgments and be like, they're talking about it too much, or they're saying it too often. And it's like, the minute you just let people have that, and you don't listen to that ego side of you, the easier it all gets. I love that. I love that so much, because you're also talking about like, you know, uh, talking about your offer and, and making sure like, you know, I, I do believe in it. And, and for those of you out there who are like, but I'm just creating something new. I don't have any case studies. Well, how did it work for you? Why are you creating it? Like when I first made my grant writing master course, which has like over a thousand students now, but back in when I first made it, it didn't have any, right? There was none, so, but it That's was right. what a formula I used that I knew helped get funding. So I used myself there it is. as a case study, right? So That's right. don't worry if it's working for you, it's working for someone. So if you want to train other people on how to do something, whatever that is, that's, you know, even if you're a step or two, and this is the other thing where people get held up. I need to take a big course on that. I need to learn. I need to read all these books about it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you're going to get so far away of anyone else taking it that they're not even going to understand you. So even if you're a step or two ahead, you can still teach on something. You can still- 100%. And and we will go into that in such detail, I feel like in the conference of like, Mm -hmm. all right, here's how to start. Here's how to get your audience going, Right. right? But, you know, someone came to me recently and they're one of my private coaching clients and they built a few courses and they're amazing courses and they've never marketed them to anyone. So there's no one in the courses. And I'm like, like, no, 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 no. I was like, let's get your courses out into the world and you're on probation. You cannot build any more courses until we sell these. You know what I mean? And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's our creative. I get it. Like, that's the creative entrepreneurial spirit. Like, you just want to create and you just want to put it out there. But it is so, so important that you're regularly getting it in front of the right people, right? And that it's not a hobby. It's a business. We're regularly selling it. And you can do it if you're an introvert. You don't have to be the loudest person in the room. Like I was actually pretty shy. And I feel like I'm somewhere between an introvert and an extrovert right now. Like it just, it is possible for, for any, any type of person to be successful in this. I think it's, it's. If I could say one thing, it's like, you kind of got to get out of your own way Yeah, a lot of times and just, just talk about the value that it is like the value that, yeah. I love that too, because I've seen so many people too be like, I've got to get everything perfect before I even put one post out on it because they think hundreds of people are going to immediately like, like, no, and they're all going to study it. Right. (laughs) I mean, we, we do, we think this, like we totally do. And we all have that like part of our brain. That's like, it has to be perfect. So I actually, so I I launched my podcast earlier this year, the purpose and profit club and podcast episode number one is sort of very meta and it's called minimum viable. So it's MVP minimum viable product. And it was about how do I get this podcast out into the world and have it be imperfect and not have the exact SOPs and the exact right tech and their exact right. Because if I looked for that, and if I consumed every book and asked every person and everything, I would never get it out the door. And I, the the same as for the course world, like you have to do your minimum viable to get your course, do the beta version, 
you can always add to it. You can always do a second draft, but like you have to let those people, especially those first few students go through the course, give you the social proof, get the feedback here, hear the testimonials, hear the feedback where you want to improve upon it. And you'll never do that if you're trying to like find, I think people get really stuck in like the perfect course software, the perfect Yo, sales page, yes. right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, we do this to ourselves. And that's the piece where I'm like, you're not allowed to consume too much. Like we yes. go in, we consume what we need and then we take action. We take action. We mm -hmm. take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've done at least two of my courses were beta courses that I developed and I sold before I completed them. So that's it right. Was yeah. And it was like, and for me, it was like, that's marketing proof that people want this for me to even develop it and get paid while I'm developing it and then give them a good price too, at a beta price. Right. So right. then to get that social feedback. So, and to kind of, as we were moving through it to be like, this is where I'm going next and planning. What else would you guys want added in this? Like, it was fantastic. I love doing that, you know? So yeah. There's yeah. I think that a lot of, a lot of people have some, some, trepidation around doing it, like selling it before it's built. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've only ever done it that way so much <laughs> so that my big, my, my most recent course, which was a pretty intensive course. It wasn't until like, we were like into week one, that cohort. Cause I like taught it live. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. I was like, Oh yeah, I pre-sold this. Like it was just <laughs> normal to me. Like I was like, Oh, this is just how I create courses. So, you know, I knew my curriculum. I was a couple weeks ahead in right. designing the curriculum, but to the listener, like I hadn't totally recorded and done all the curriculum and I already had a cohort in it, Yeah, but it gave yeah. me so much freedom because I was actually hearing in real time, where are their sticking points? Ooh, yeah. where do I next week need to add a little something? where did that run a little long or where did, do they need a template for this? And I, oh, I didn't know that they needed a template for yeah. this. And I think a few years ago, that version of Christina would have felt maybe a little nervous or intimidated. Like, oh, I didn't deliver the right thing they needed. And instead I'm like, oh my God, I got them to like 95% and this is going to take them to 110%. Yeah. Like it, it, and I was hearing in real time, their feedback and their aha moments and things like that. And it, it ended up being a really, really powerful group of people. And they got very, very connected because it was a small group too, because it was, you know, that, that beta version. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of goodness in the beta version. So yeah, <laughs> don't avoid I it. it. I love it. And yeah. there's no like right or wrong way. The only wrong way I would say, quote That's unquote, right. is not doing it or developing it, not selling it, not selling it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then getting caught up, like it's not perfect. And, you know, just, so there's definitely like room to like move as an entrepreneur and as creator, but coming back to that marketing piece, like how else can you embrace your course and start loving to market? I mean, what are other ways that like, cause you don't even necessarily need social media to market your courses and stuff like that. You know, you can do it through, podcast you can do it on youtube you can do it like those are email search engines yeah. <laughs> like you know they're not necessarily you could just media. blogging i mean you can you can partner with other people's audiences and build your email list that way get in front of other people's audiences yeah you don't have to love tiktok you do not have to dance in front of a reel we will not make you and you can still <laughs> be selling evergreen courses like but I think what's important even pinterest we didn't even talk about that that has worked for for many consultants um I think the point though is don't throw spaghetti at the wall, pick mm -hmm. one or two platforms that you like. So if you're somebody who enjoys storytelling and writing, maybe it's blogging and email and you want to build up your email list that way. If you're somebody who's like, I want to be in front of the camera, 
maybe it is YouTube and doing some video lead magnets or something like that. You know, there's a, so many different ways you can slice and dice it. But I think where we start to feel that burnout, we start to feel just like, uh, is when you're like, I have to be on LinkedIn, TikTok, and all the yeah. things, you know, um, so pick a couple and go all in. Yeah. And when you go all in with those, do not go all in for like two weeks or a month, <laughs> right. right? That is not all in. Yeah. I know you're nodding. You're like at least 90 days. I told my email marketing class, I'm like, you're, you're making, they're making these huge changes in the frequency, the tone, the content, how much they're selling in their emails. These were nonprofits for the most part. And I'm like, you have to give it at least three months. You're not oh, yeah. allowed to say, oh, this was uncomfortable or, oh, this didn't work. I was like, really, I want you to give it six months, but yeah. at least three months of consistent before you look at the data and make any decisions or change. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just telling you in the green room too, because I just hired someone from my YouTube channel and to, yeah. you know, pay some attention to it. Right. And to go all in on it. And same thing. It was like six months. Let's do a six month contract just to start. Yep. And even then here's some of our goals, but we don't need to feel you know, negative or shamed. We don't meet these mm -hmm. goals. There are just some parameters that will at least know in six months, are these even good parameters to have, right? So you don't really, it takes time to get data, right? And it takes time yep. to really know, like, if you change too much at once, it's kind of hard to know, like, what was- Oh, it's impossible to figure yeah. out what it was, right? If you change too many things at once. Yeah, for sure. So if you guys are like, hem and like, vibing with that, yes. because- Part of marketing is data. <laughs> I know a lot of you grant writers, especially like, okay, but I like data. So if you like data and even if you don't right now, but then you start looking at data tied to your marketing, you're going to start to really love it. And it's going to start to even maybe be a value. <laughs> oh my God. If you love data, this is so funny because I feel like usually my audience isn't that into data, maybe because they're the, like the marketers of the world, right? So the great writers are like, yes, but you love data, then this this aspect specifically of like having an online course business, you'll love. I was looking at my spreadsheet the other night of like past launches, subject lines, open rates, click-through rates, conversions. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this was very kind of just basic high level, but I mean, you can really figure out where did they come from? Yeah. Where are the leads who are converting into your courses come from? And boy, there is some very clear like you can figure out where they're coming from and where they're not and yeah. then stop spending time where they're not double yeah. down on where they are. And that is how you really get to momentum. And that's something that like, I don't, I did not enjoy that process, but I was like, we're doing this process, Christina, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so you just like, the where result. are they hanging out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's worth it. It's worth yeah. it for sure. It's like, maybe not devoted, it, but like having it right. And even looking at like, yeah then Google analytics, or if you have like some kind of like where you're selling your courses, like how many are sold, who are you selling to all of that. And it really makes like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Even on my YouTube, this is started, she started doing saying, where are your subscribers? She's like, you know what they, your subscribers, Holly, they listen to a lot of motivate or they watch a lot of motivational speakers on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And that was just like an interesting data point. And it was like, huh, let's tuck that away because that might be of use later. Right. And that's just an interesting trend. Then you're seeing yeah. about these people who are attracted to you. So it was like, oh, wow, that's, that's cool. such a great point. Because one of the things that when you're trying to get your course in front of other audiences is figuring out what is that other alignment? Like where is the overlap of the Venn diagram, right? right. Of if I'm selling X, 
okay, what is the overlap to why audience where there's that sweet yeah. spot, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not completely clear, but like, that's a great example of like, yeah. oh, well, maybe I want to talk to somebody who's a thought leader in the self-development space. And even though that might not seem exactly right, I see that there's some alignment there or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's but being idea. willing to just look at that is, yeah. is gold. Yeah. And if you don't have your stuff out there, you got, <laughs> you're not going to get this data. So that's like, right. That's you're just going to have the course hanging on a shelf, a digital bookshelf. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not going to bring in the data. So you need to be pushing it out there, but there's the beauty of that is you can market in so many different ways, right? When you have something that's on demand. So evergreen course, a book, et cetera, right? So you can be marketed in, in very many ways that are also evergreen. You were talking about writing a blog. Once that's there, it just starts indexing, right? So there's, there's a lot of things that you can do that lead to it. Um, but you do need to like freshen up your marketing a lot, but if you're in the space where you're like, that sounds attractive to me, then do, you know, do look into this come to the nonprofit consulting conference because Christina is going to go all in on showing you how to do this. Um, because it, for me, it transformed my business completely. Right. Yeah. So I think it's, I also want to offer if, if building a course and I'm saying like modules and lessons and if that sounds a little bit like a beast, like too much, you know, I have, I'm doing air quotes courses on evergreen that are actually just mini courses. They're two hour Mm -hmm. workshops that I've, I've condensed in a way that is bite-sized. So you could actually build your very first evergreen course could be a mini course and that is a value packed. And then, I mean, now I'm going to nerd out and go, well, that's an upsell or that could be an order bump later. (laughs) So it doesn't have to be your very, like your MVP does not have to be a 10 module templated worksheet coaching calls. It could be a two hour mini course. And those are some of the most easy, like bite-sized ones that your students will love because they can consume it quickly and see results quickly. So it doesn't even have to be something crazy and and, and dense to to actually tackle the curriculum. Yeah. And to your point, like those are actually becoming more popular, you know? So yes. if I look, when I look at, cause I do, I buy on-demand courses and all the things as well. And I always yep. look for like, you know, little snacks, right? So I'm like, yep. are your videos an hour long? Cause I'm not going to consume those, but are there five to yep. seven minutes on something specific? I'm going to consume that. Right. Or I can get through it. In I mean, a, a day, if I can get through it, you know, then I'm good. So we want the results. I mean, we yeah. like, as the course designer, we think we want to give everybody the kitchen sink, but the student, the student wants the course results, the fastest, yeah. easiest way possible. Yeah. I don't want to go through 10 modules if I don't have to, if I can exactly. get it in six, right? Yeah. yeah. If I can get, if I can get the results in 30 minutes by applying whatever, and then do it, you know what I mean? Then I'm, I want to, I want totally. that. <laughs> I'm like, and I will pay more for that. I will pay, pay more, more for the faster. It doesn't result. mean I'll yeah. pay less. It means I'll pay more. Right. So that's the other thing is don't think the more you put in something, the more expensive it needs to be, or the less um, right. time you spend in it. If it's, it's about the results, right. It's about how fast can you show something to get someone to move from A to B, right. For me, it's about teaching them how to write a grant or starting a grant yes. business, right. So it's like, if I can get you there and you can get in there and anything you need at any time, you can quickly find it and have a template or have something that you can then get that result. That's what I give you. Right. And that's, I think what's really yep. powerful is remembering like, 
what's the real thing? Like, what's your specialty in your nonprofit consultancy? If you're in marketing or fundraising or whatever, can you create little templates that you can just sell then, right? That nonprofits can use, like all of those types of things. Think about like, what is the quickest way to, to success? And then how you can market that, right? How you can let people know about that way so they can be successful and reach those outcomes real quick, right? So exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. I love this. So learn how to love marketing, you guys. So thanks, Christina, for coming on again to our Grant Writing a Funny podcast and really talking to nonprofit consultants because so many nonprofit consultants that really, really interested in building some kind of product like this. And they, you know, yeah. just don't really know where to start. But I think knowing that just the process and, and like we talked about today, what it is, you know, we can find out what you're going to market. We can talk to you guys about that at yep. the conference, right? But as far as like the mindset around it and the system yeah. is different than your I would say this, like homework assignment between now and the conference is this, mm -hmm. like, yes, work on your mindset of just, it's not selling, it's inviting people in. That's it. You're inviting them to whatever it is that can help them, not help you, help them. Yeah. And then the other piece of like actual tactical homework would be pick a place. My, my recommendation would be email to start building a list. Like even if you just stick it in a Google sheet for now, where you're like, all right, I got it in a Google sheet or pick a place. Even if it's just LinkedIn, you're just going to hang out and start interacting on LinkedIn, a platform yeah. between now and then. So that when you really do start selling this and you will after, after the conference that you'll have a place where you actually have already have some buildup of people who are no, like and trust you. So I love that. Start with that. I love yeah. it. Then you guys will be ready. So, all right. So you'll be ready. Yeah. Then you'll be ready for us. So again, um, definitely come to the nonprofit consulting conference on August 23rd and 24th. You actually speak on both days and we're doing a panel yep. as well that we did talk about, but you and I and uh, Sean Kosofsky are Her doing fave. a panel. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we're going to be yes. talking about doing partnerships and how you do partnerships to leverage your business because we've all done things together. That's right. And so we can show you some of our case studies of what has worked really well. And then what's kind of flops a little bit, but still going to get payoffs. So. I mean, you're going to learn from our mistakes and yep. we're here to just tell you the real, real. So yes. yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. So Christina, for people wanting to know more about your business, where can they find you? Yes. So on Instagram at Splendid Consulting, I'm over there quite a bit. And the Purpose and Profit Club podcast. Go check out my oh, podcast. Yes. It is the intersection, I would say, of mindset and strategy. So that I is a place. Oh, I yeah. love it. So yeah, definitely if you guys podcast listeners, jump over there, subscribe. Um, that's going to be awesome. I love that you're starting your podcast this year. It's so amazing. So love having another podcaster on. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, I will see you at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. Christina, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of your wonderful uh, energy and your skills and your knowledge on this topic. So we'll see you soon. Always good to see you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode with Christina Edwards of Splendid Consulting, and I hope you love marketing even more now. For today's show notes, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 282. Definitely join us at the Nonprofit Consulting Conference, and a big shout out again to our podcast episode sponsor, and that's Gems. Grab your free grant management demo at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash G-E-M-S. 
And if you love the podcast, please do me a favor. Leave a review on iTunes or your podcast player, as that does help other people find the podcast. And I love reading your reviews. It really is awesome to see, you know, every week I'm sitting here recording. <laughs> I'd love to also see on the flip side how you guys are liking it, how you're enjoying it, how it's impacting your life and your nonprofit's, um, you know, mission and all of the things. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.